Hey everyone, it's Paul Durham. Welcome to today's episode of Telling Lies to Children, found as always on my website, pauldurhambooks.com, or on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, if you like the podcast, you'd be doing me a big favor if you subscribe on iTunes, or an even bigger favor if you actually left a nice review. So consider doing those things, that would be terrific. Up today is my friend Tom Watson. Uh, Tom is the author of of the wildly popular series called Stick Dog. Um, Stick Dog and his friends are known for eating all sorts of things. The most recent book in that series is Stick Dog Slurp Spaghetti. That is coming out on October 4th. And uh, just recently, Tom launched uh, an additional series called Stick Cat. Um, we'll talk about uh, talk about both those uh, series of books uh, on today's episode. Um, but more importantly, uh, I really wanted to have Tom on because if you've uh, listened to the podcast before, you, you've heard me uh, talk about Tom Watson. Um, Tom was one of the first authors I went on tour with, and uh, really just a, just a great example of, of how to do school visits, how to interact with kids. Um, I, I really learned a lot in the in the short time I, I got to spend with him doing uh, doing some school visits, and and uh, this really really fun guy, a guy who's really um, you can tell how much he loves uh, how much he loves getting out and working with with kids and readers. Um, so I hope you enjoy today's episode. Pick it up with me and Tom Watson right after the intro. Thanks for joining us today. Shh. Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature. That's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes, it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children. But only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey Tom, welcome! Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's good to uh, it's good to catch up with you again. It's been um, I think the last time that you and I probably got to speak was in Miami, right? Is that right, time? I think. Yeah, yeah, we were down there together, and um, that was a good time. It was a good time. Now, have you been back? To, had you been to Miami before, or was that your first trip? Uh, I think I've been down there three times for the for the book stuff. Um, yeah, and last time I went down there, I actually swam in the ocean, which was awesome. Oh yeah, it's a it's uh it's funny. Were you down? So that was like around November, probably. That's when they yeah. Miami. We're talking about the Miami International Book Fair, um, and I you know, I still I used to live down there. And what's funny is when you're a resident of Miami. Now I'm from <laughs> I'm from New England, so it's not like I right, not, right. Like, not like I grew up down that way. But when you get to be a resident down there, like it's November rolls around, and you're like, oh no, water water's too cold. I'm not, <laughs> not, not going to go in the water now. That's for all that's for all the tourists. But 
Uh, well, I um, I showed off like a whole new shade of white when I went swimming <laughs> in the in the ocean. There are basically three um three steps in the Watson tan. Uh -huh. There's there's white. Yep. Then there's red. And then there's peel. Oh, okay. There's yep. no, there's no brown or orange or tan at all. No golden, huh? You don't have no golden. No, definitely no golden. No yeah. golden in there. Yeah. Well, that's a, that was a that was a fun book. I, I've been I went down last year and the year before. I think it was probably the year before that I saw you down there. And it's a fun. They do a good job, especially with the kids with the outreach to the communities and things like that. Totally, it's a really good one. I think the only one I've done since then is Tucson, and that one, that's a really good one too. If you ever get a chance to go to that one, there really well organized and lots of really exciting kids not not too much uh, not too much swimming probably no other than the pools at the Tucson. No swimming <laughs> right exactly right right now I know you were telling me before we, we started that um that you got over to ireland this summer which sounds awesome that's one of the trips i would i would love to take was that was that um was that pleasure and business i mean did you because because stick dog is in the uk if not elsewhere right yeah it's in it's in about a dozen countries including the uk and it's done pretty well in the uk i think um, but it was really just a, a family trip. This was our third trip to this little town called um, Kilcrahan on the uh, far, it's in far west Cork on a peninsula called the Sheepshead Peninsula. And we stay in this little town where there are only like 80 people. And it's amazing because we hadn't been there for, you know, a couple of years. And, you know, the first day there, I was walking down the street, which is about, you know, 100 yards long. And you know, people were like, hey, Tom, how's it going? <laughs> you know, it's just like the town was so small. They actually remembered when we were there last, which is really neat. That is cool. Yeah. So you're like a local. Right? Yes, exactly. But without the broke. Yeah. Yeah. And and you probably had the you, you may very well have had the most golden tan there of everybody. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how is uh, so, so uh, if you for anyone who doesn't know Stick Dog. Or stick yeah. cat now, I should say. Um, and, and by the way, I, I, when I do um, when I when I do school visits, yeah, I'll get to chatting with librarians sometimes afterwards. And uh, and a lot of times, your name and and Chris Healy's name will come up. Chris being the author yeah. of Heroes Guide series, because I, you know I talk about that first uh, that first tour that I went on and happened to be with you two, and and, right. and and we can talk about that in a bit. But one of the things when I talk to librarians, I'll, I'll mention if I mention your name. Um, they're always like, oh yeah, stick dog. The kids love stick dog. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's it it definitely. I mean, I know it's 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 well known. Um, yeah. A lot of the places I go. I mean, I mean tell me a little bit about, uh, if you don't mind, how stick dog came to be. I mean, I know I know a lot of the story, but I'm sure right. people listening would would love to hear it if they haven't heard it before. Well, it's um it's kind of a strange publishing story because I really wasn't you know I wasn't trying to get this gig you know I wasn't trying to become an author but. I had sketched a little uh, dog on a scrap piece of paper in the kitchen. I mean, this is the real beginning of Stick Dog. And, and um, when I was talking on the phone, you know how you doodle when you're on the phone sometimes. And, yeah, I'm doing uh, it right. I'm, do, I'm doing yeah. it right now as we talk. <laughs> right. My my kids walked in after I hung up the phone and they looked at my drawing and they said, um, "What is that thing?" And I was like, "It's a dog." <laughs> and they're like, "That's not a dog. That's like a stick dog, like a stick figure." person you know and I was like well that's kind of an interesting idea and I was making um I was making dinner at the time too and uh we sat down to dinner and I've always told stories when the kids were little at the table and they wanted me to make up a story about stick dogs so I started drawing some other friends you know a poodle and a dalmatian and stuff and they just 
they went crazy for this story that I told over a series of nights, and it just got kind of more ridiculous and crazy as the night went on, and or as the nights went on. And I wrote it down. You know, I've always been a writer, but I've never written children's books. And um, about five, well, now it's probably six or seven years ago, when all that, you know, when all that e-publishing and the Kindle came out and, you know, all that stuff was happening, my wife, Mary, said, um, you remember that stick dog thing you did, you know, a couple of years ago? You should you should put that up on the Internet. You know, you can do that. And I was like, oh, you know, OK. And I did. I put it up for free. I wasn't trying to make any money. And um, the thing just rocketed up the free books chart. The thing I always like to tell people is that for a couple of months on Apple's iBook store, it was the number two book, number two free book for kids. And it was the only thing it was behind was Winnie the Pooh. And Winnie the Pooh came free with every iPad. So I couldn't get past Winnie the Pooh, which absolutely that, drove, yeah, but that's drove me illustrious, crazy. That's a lustrious company you're with. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, it was it was up for free, you know. Um, I think people, you know, they probably downloaded, you know, 100 free books at a time or something. But it was still it was still a pretty cool thing. And then HarperCollins found it on Apple's iBook store and tracked me down through Facebook or something. And that's how it started. That's wild. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very different story than than most of us have. And it's oh my it's a gosh. Great one. Well, I go, you know, I do panels all the time with other authors, and often the question comes up, "Well, how'd you get your start?" And I tell my story, and the other authors on the panel will look at me with just lightning in their eyes and go, "Like, oh, you know, you what do you mean you weren't even trying? I tried so hard. I got a thousand rejection letters and stuff." But you know, one thing I do always say is that I don't think I would have written stick dog the way i did if i was trying to get published you know what i mean i really wrote it just to make my kids laugh yep. and i think um i think that comes through in in sort of the narrative voice and i think i'm sort of proud of that i'm sort of proud that i didn't go like well this is the what everybody's doing now so i'll do it this you know what i mean it's yeah it's, you should be i mean that's yeah. that's the, that's the worst way to write whether you're published or aspiring to be published or not i think is, is right. yeah. yeah do your own thing you know do what's right. coming use the voice you're comfortable with and all that kind of stuff yeah so that's that's sort of the story and now there's going to be they're going to be at least eight stick dogs they're going to be at least three stick cats um yeah so it's it's been a pretty good pretty good gig yeah so 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 if you want to so stick cat came about (laughs) because stick cat just made really just a cameo right was that was that what did you have when you put when you put stick cat in there did you have any inclination that stick cat might sort of take off no, not really. You know, I had we were going to do it as a one-off. I had gotten a lot of emails from kids who said stuff like, you know, oh, I really like Stick Dog, but I'm a cat person. Can you do a cat story someday? And I really was not thinking about doing it. And then I started just messing with it. And st- the Stick Cat character was, you know, sounds familiar to Stick Dog. He's sort of a leader. He's loyal. He's patient. He's smart. He's practical. Those kinds of things. But then um, Stick Cat's best friend is named Edith. And when I started writing her and sort of shaping her as a character, that's when the book took off because she's just nuts. You know, she's crazy. She's prissy. She's but she's also incredibly brave. You know, she's courageous. She's um, but she's like stupid brave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she'll be like, hey, I think I'll, you know, try and jump across the alley from 23 floors up or something, you know, and and then she'll do it and. 
you know, somehow she manages to survive. So when Edith started happening, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is really going to work. And, and we had decided to, I think it was going to be the fifth stick dog. It was going to be in the stick dog series. Um, that's the way we were going to work it. And then I, you know, I kind of changed the, the narrator a little bit. Like I gave him a reason to like write a stick cat story instead of a stick dog story. And then I sent it to Harper and they just went crazy for it. So they were like, this just has to be its own thing. So there are going to be three of those for sure. Yeah, great. Now, do you think that you'll work in like a stick gerbil or <laughs> you kind of recapture, you know, that this could be a thing you keep working some cameos in and maybe someone right. else. Will, yeah. <laughs> St- stick rat. Right, stick rat. I, I get a lot of suggestions, believe me. But I think I'm going to wrap it up at cats and dogs. I think I'm... Uh... <laughs> stick, stick petted out. Right, I'm totally stick petted out. Yeah. Unless I, you know, kind of put them, put, you know, maybe the cats move to a farm or something, then I can use some more animals. But I think cats and dogs is going to be sort of my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. Well, that works. You know, it's 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 pretty it's pretty those are comfortable pets, I think. Well, well, and some, you know, some animals I can't draw, you know, as stick figures, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I've always wanted to have a, I love shepherds. I wanted a, a German shepherd in the original stick. I remember sitting with my kids and going like, I can't draw a stick German shepherd. You know, it, it doesn't work, right. you know, and it doesn't, it wouldn't translate to kids in the books. We're like a Dalmatian. That's pretty much a stick dog. You just throw some spots on them, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but like so, so there are some animals and even like breeds of dogs or whatever that um, that don't fly for the illustration. So that sort of um, keeps me confined as well sometimes. Right. Well, talk talk a little bit about the art if you can, Tom, because if yeah. I because because I know that you know I, I th- I've seen you in you know dozens and dozens of books actually draw stick dogs because I know when right. I know when I know when you sign books you actually usually draw stick dog or some yeah. or one of the characters in there um and it looks just like the one in the books but you you don't actually do the final art or at least you didn't used no. to in the past right no I don't I don't do the final art I do all the original sketches but then so I I sort of conceptualize the picture I draw it but I send it in a big stack to Harper who um sends it to Ethan Long, who is uh, the primary illustrator on the books. And then he adds his his touch. And he's an artist, you know what I mean? And I'm not. And so I'm completely comfortable saying, yeah, you know, I, I do all the original artwork, but he finishes the job for me. Um, and he, but what's interesting is that when we, when we started this whole project, you know, we probably looked at a dozen illustrators to, you know, to, to choose from. And Ethan was the one who sort of just kind of copied my style, but tweaked it a little bit. You know, he used a pen that looked more like a crayon, like a kid would use. Um, and he can, the, the thing I love about what he can do is he can show motion really well in stick figures. And I can't do it. I, I mean, I can a little bit, but I'll be like, okay, you know, stick dog is pulling a cushion backwards for his bed to put you know to put in his pipe or something and i sort of get it but then then ethan just redoes it and he puts a couple of lines that are like oh my gosh it looks like the dog's going backwards you know what i mean like and i don't know how he does it and that's the difference that he he really brings to the table for me and i'm i'm so glad you know i have somebody to finish the job for me because um (laughs) i really don't draw that well well, you're right. I think you know. I think your I think your stick figures are are very convincing. <laughs> I tell you what, I get a lot of times when I'm doing school visits, kids will ask me like, 
okay, can you like draw something for real now? <laughs> you know, like, like I'm dumbing it down or something. I'm like, you know, dude, this is as good as yeah. I can do. What are you crazy? Like, and I'm maxed out. This is the ceiling. Yeah, right. right. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, was there any, when you, when uh, Harper first came to you, I mean, was there any inclination on your part or on, or on their part to have you do the final art or were they just like, no man, you've reached, you've reached the, the limits of your, of your stick drawing <laughs> abilities or well, you need I, to go to a pro. We thought about, we thought about my agent and I sort of, it was after I had signed the deal that I got the agent, but um, we thought about sort of going to them and going, you know, let's just have Tom finish the job here. And then I saw, I started seeing samples of what people could do with my originals. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I want somebody else to do it because it makes the book better, you know? So there are times when I'm like, I wish I was sort of listed as co-illustrator or something because I kind of feel like I am, but you know, I'm I'm totally comfortable um, with having somebody finish it up, just because it makes the book so much better. Right. And are, are some of those? I was I was checking out. I was revisiting your website the other day. Mm-hmm. And and are there still those free sort of short stories or the? Uh, not yeah. maybe are, They're still up and out there somewhere, right? Yeah, totally. If you go to stickdogbooks.com, you can get because I had written and illustrated some. Uh, picture books for my kids when they were little, like two, three, four, that kind of age, or maybe four and five. And I think there are four of them up on the website that people can, you know, just get for free. They can just download them and print them out or look at them on a tablet or whatever. And um, with those, I, you know, I did all the illustrations for those, but they're not drawings. They're, it's like cut paper. And some of those (laughs) illustrations took me just weeks to finish you know but um they were a lot of fun to work on and they're just you know i made them really just for keepsakes for my kids but once the stick dog thing happened i was like oh my gosh i should just put these online and people can get them for free you know yeah yeah now now do you have uh, i think we've talked about this before but you know sometime in the future i mean obviously you know you don't want to you know stick dog stick cat you know if there ever if there ever is a you know stick barnyard animal um you don't want to you don't want to you know put an end to a good thing uh, but is it, do you have uh, any inclination or any plans to to write something a little more long form or I mean is yeah. that yeah yeah I had I had started actually I think where was I in the process I forget that um, I was maybe four deep into stick dog and maybe I was contracted maybe that was the end of where I was that like I, I thought it might wrap up at four. So I had started working on something for older kids and then I, that I liked, uh, um, you know, maybe I'd probably written 30 or 40,000 words on it. And, um, I remember cause I, where was I? I was in North Dakota and uh, stick dog won this award there called the flicker tail award. And I was visiting some schools sort of in conjunction with that. And, it turns out in North Dakota, schools are like 200 miles apart. <laughs> and I was driving myself and um, I was sort of thinking about um, this thing I was doing for older kids. And, and uh, my agent called me from New York and he said, I just talked to Harper. I, I guess I had submitted Stick Cat as part of the Stick Dog series. And he said, listen, they're crazy for the stick cat thing. They want three of them and they want two more stick dogs. So I, I suddenly went from like four books to, to get done to like nine with that, you know, with that phone call. And I was like, um, well, you know, 
that's really cool. Let's do it, you know. Um, and then I just put the other thing aside for until this wraps up because it's yeah. you know it's just I got two series going sort of simultaneously now for at least the next couple of years. So I think I've, I've creatively I don't have the mind space to work on anything else. To be honest, with you. yeah, there's only there's only so much you can do at one time. I mean, yeah. right, right, it's only bounce around. Well, that, I mean that takes me to to sort of one of the next topics that that I uh, wanted to talk about with you and I, I sort of touched on earlier as well. Um, and that is, you know, I, I, everyone I talked to about sort of when I started out, um, I consider myself very fortunate that the first book tour I ever went on mm-hmm. uh, was with you and Chris Healy. Yeah. <laughs> um, be, because, I mean, for, for a few reasons, but one of the, one of the big reasons being is because, you know, you guys, I, I, I sort of saw you guys as, you know, looking back on it, as mentors to, uh, to, a, to a large extent. I mean, you had both been on um, what you know Harper calls the class X tour right. before. And right. uh, I was kind of like the new guy that you guys got stuck with. And, you know, you, you, had, <laughs> you had no idea who this, you know, I was, you know, first, my, my debut book had just come out. So you didn't know right. what to expect. I could have been, and, and no, for all no. I know, I probably, you know, you're probably still thinking, wow, why is he still, why is he still bothering me? Why don't we, <laughs> yeah, right. I, thought, I thought it was yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, but, but I, but I, you know, the presentation, you know, both of you in different ways have such, such great uh, rapport and such a great, a great presence when it comes to the kids. And uh, I, I just wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about that, about how you sort of, how you developed that. Um, is that something that, uh, you know, came naturally to you? Was it, was it something that you sort of evolved over time or, or how, how have you found, how did your school presentation yeah. style evolve? That was a fun tour, wasn't it? It was. A, it was a blast. I mean, it's, <laughs> we, we we have to talk about how the tour ended. At we we will absolutely. <laughs> um, and that thing you do with the banana, I oh, love banana that. Trip. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how I can work that into a stick dog presentation. Like stick dog's going to have to want a banana in a book or something. Yeah, there you go. Well, you haven't uh, used, you haven't used fruit yet. Yeah. Right? But we right right yeah. But what's interesting with that tour is you know when I'm out with other people like during the class acts thing. Um, I don't do the main thing of my school visits. The main thing of my school visits is really drawing. Right. You know, um, so when I'm out solo, you know, if I'm with a group of kids for an hour, we're drawing together for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes of that. Um, so what you saw is really kind of the first 10 or 15 minutes of what of my presentation. And then, you know, I handed it over to you or to um, Chris, you know. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I never really worked on my presentation for kids. I just talk about, I just, I love, you know, it's such a great age group. Stick dog is really third and fourth graders is probably the wheelhouse. It goes younger and it goes older, but, but that's probably the wheelhouse for stick dog. And that age group is just so fun. You know, there's no cynicism in their eyes at all. They, they want to listen. They want to draw with you. So to, for me, it's just an absolute gas. And I think that I think that comes across that I'm having fun, you know, and I'm pushing 50, man. So being, being able to hang around with third and fourth graders helps me feel young. So, you know, I think it's a genuine just I love to do it kind of feeling for me. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's I think it, I think it's clear. And, and it's funny. Some I, I and I think I relayed this story when I was when I was talking to Chris on the podcast. But mm-hmm. I, I remember it was one of the first one of the first schools we were at. And it was, yeah, we were in a, a big gym and, you know, how, however many hundred kids were there. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, at the end, inevitably, you kind of get rushed by all the kids and they want you to <laughs> sign stuff and everything. And I remember before that happened, I remember 
I think I, I asked Chris and I was like, well, what do you do when they want you to like, you know, sign like their, you know, body parts and sign their clothes <laughs> and, and, and Chris was kind of, and again, I talked about this with Chris, so I'm not giving him a hard time. But I was kind of yeah, teasing him. I was, I was like, you know, Chris, I remember you saying, oh, no, I really, I kind of draw the line of clothes and because I don't want to <laughs> sign their hands because I don't want to get them in trouble with their parents. And I said, oh, that sounds like, you know, pretty sound advice. Okay, I'll, I'll do the same thing. And I remember, you know, some kids were coming up to me and one kid wanted me to sign his shirt or something. And I, I sort of was like, no, 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 I don't, you know, that probably wouldn't be good. You're getting trouble. And then I look over and he goes over to you and you have everybody, you're signing everything. I think you might have signed the forehead. I mean, you were yeah, signing right. backpack. I mean, it's every, you, it was like anything goes. And the kids, and I'm like, you know, and the kids were having a great time. So I, so I, <laughs> and remember, I, I remember. I only do it with permanent marker too. I mean, right, exactly. I want that signature to stay. <laughs> but I remember that. And I, I sort of take that approach now. Now, so, you know, short of, I haven't signed a forehead. I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't sign someone's face, but short of that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sign, you know, the kids come up, I'm going to sign it. And I'm, I'm, I'm leaving here anyway. I'd rather have the kids be like, you know, this is great. I got my shirt signed. I got my arm signed. Yeah, whatever. I forget forget where I was. It was somewhere down South and some, and it was sort of like during my presentation and a a really cute little dude in the, in the first row was like, ah, I got to ask you something. I was like, okay, you know, what is it? He's like, can you sign my shirt? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. can we do it after? It's like, oh, I could tell that he really wanted it to get done. So I was like, okay, yeah, you know, let's do it right now. We'll, we'll get it over with. So he, I signed the back of his shirt, and, you know, the there was probably a couple hundred kids at this library. And um, I turned him around so that they could see what I was doing. And I never took the cap off the pen. So oh. I was just squiggling on his back, but he was really ticklish. <laughs> So I was probably tickling this kid when he thought I was signing for like 45 seconds or a full minute. And he doesn't know what's going on, but all the other kids are laughing and he's cracking up. And I finally had to fess up. I was like, dude, I wasn't even signing. Now I'll sign it. And (laughs) he probably thought he probably thought you were like writing a stick dog book on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like chapter 12. Right. (laughs) Well, that well, that 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 tour, obviously, and, and Chris and I were talking about this. Um. Two of the three people on that tour came down with food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, it was trail mix, wasn't it? It was trail mix, and uh, yeah. and and the, the the perils of trail mix while on author tours is is I think somewhat infamous now. Oh my gosh! Um, and I yeah. and I think that I think that were we know, in Kentucky? We had left Kentucky. We left Kentucky. We got the food in Kentucky. No, we actually got the food in Minnesota. Oh really? Yeah, and then well, because you know how crazy those tours are, right? So we get yeah. so so we got the, the the very nice care package in Minnesota, for lovely right. school, absolutely not their fault whatsoever. Um, within <laughs> that they gave you poison, but, but <laughs> well, in their defense, the the poison was in a sealed you know big totally. box big box store package, right? right, right? It yeah. was it wasn't like they made the trail mix themselves, <laughs> right? Right. And and so we. I don't think we'd eaten it. We just had it in our packs. And you know how crazy those tours are. We fly to like the Kentucky the next day. And then that right. night we were connecting. I mean, I remember this probably because I was definitely ill for the rest right, of the right. next 48 hours. But then we were connecting in like Detroit to get over to Pennsylvania. And I remember that the flight was delayed and we were like starving. And, right, that's and, right. yeah. and I wasn't sitting with you guys. Right. Um So I started eating. I'm like, oh, I get some trail mix. I'll start eating the trail mix. And then like an idiot, I ate the entire bucket right. bucket of it or whatever right. Right. um it turns out chris did the same thing and you being 
more sensible and healthy <laughs> did not. Yeah, like trail mix is unhealthy. I was just like not hungry, thankfully. Well, it was full of, I think it was, it was that kind of trail mix is full of like chocolate chips and all sorts oh, right, of right, right. whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Well, so and then Chris, like, didn't he like email us or something at like 3.30 or 4 in the morning? And, yeah. and it was like, oh my God, I'm deathly sick. You know, I can't, and you know, it, for the, listeners or whatever it's you know it's the three of us going out to a school you know the next morning and chris is like i can't there's no way i'm gonna make it i was like okay and you know for class x i was sort of the mc so you know i kind of kept things organized and i was like okay well i don't know why but i was awake so i got his text or whatever and i was like okay well paul and i can do it and i had already figured out what you and i were going to do we were going to take your banana thing and just blow it out completely i was going to have the driver take us to a grocery store we we're going to get 300 bananas we we're just, you know it was going to become this thing and then <laughs> that's a great idea i kind of like, i wasn't dead yeah right. they could have done it then like an hour hour and a half later your text comes through that's like right uh turns out i'm deathly ill too and i was like oh my god so i went from trying to figure out going from three to two going from three to one and it actually wasn't bad because I just did my solo thing. Like I was able to draw with the kids and whatever. But what was bad was that I went in, <clears throat> you know, sometimes the schools, you know, kind of get the kids jacked up for the visit more than other schools. And right. I think we had two schools that day that you guys couldn't do. And the first one, they weren't jacked up. It wasn't that big a deal. They were just, I, all I had to do was say, oh, the other two guys couldn't make it. Let's draw a stick dog, you know, and, and it was fine. But the second school had this huge competition thing ready to oh. go. You know what I mean? So yeah. they had like, I don't know, I don't remember now, but they had like luck ugly badges for one side and like, you know, stuff for Chris's books on the other side. And I walked into this thing by myself and they were like, where are the other two guys? And I'm like, you know, they're sick. I'm sorry. <laughs> so awful. it was awful for about five minutes. And then I was able to get into my routine a little bit. And, and we, it, we had a good time. And the kids certainly understood. But there was that, that like moment when like 200 faces looked at me and they were like, oh, really? That stinks. You know what I mean? Well, you say well, you de you definitely saved the day. I mean, I remember it was it was funny because you know this was my this is my first um, my first tour, yeah. so I'm like you know as while Chris was texting you, you know I was definitely ill in my hotel room, <laughs> basically you know curled up in the fetal position in the, the bathroom corner. Right. Wonderful. Yeah, it, but in my head, there's I'm like there's not a doubt in my mind. I'm I'm not bailing out of this thing. I'm like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna find a way to 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 push through this. And then, at, you know, about five or five thirty in the morning, I finally get to sleep. I'm like, all right, I'll get a half hour, an hour's sleep or whatever. Right. And it's not helping. And all of a sudden I, I, I hear like all the, the, you know, the ding dong noise on my phone of all these texts going back and forth. <laughs> and I'm thinking, who, who the heck is texting me? Like, so I'm, I go and look, and then I see the exchange between you and Chris and you've got it all planned out. You're like, don't worry, Chris, you know, Paul and I got it squared <laughs> away. And I'm like, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of remember that, that you wanted to sort of, you know, be a trooper and, and kind of stick it out. And I remember, I think, I don't know if we talked or we just texted that I was like, dude, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Stay in bed. Like the 
really bad idea to go into a gymnasium with 400 kids and like barf in front of yeah, them. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like don't. They'll remember me forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> They'll remember that so, more than the banana trick. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So that's but, what that's I, that's something I remember is that uh, I sort of had to talk you out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm really I'm I'm glad it was you because if it was I'm I'm glad it was not that I, because if it was, if I was the one who was still standing and you and, and Chris <laughs> were sick then I would have been like oh what am I gonna do well, you know I would have been like what am I doing you, know, I'm you would have been fine you can tell you know there are, there are times you can tell you know when you go out with other authors or you know and it doesn't have to be authors when people know how to communicate with kids and interact with kids and you you got it you got it Chris has it oh you know all of the class acts people that I've been out with have always done such a good job. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've been out with people and I'm like, man, I wish I was as good as that guy. You know? Well, it's a great way to, you know, like, I guess for me, it was a great learning experience. And then, you know, I've, I've taken that and, and I've been doing it ever since. And I, you know, I absolutely love it. It's a blast. And, you know, I can do it in my, you know, I can do it in my sleep now if I have to. Right. Um, right. Which is um, which is fine. It makes it fun. There was one, there was one time where I was doing a Skype visit with some kids in the UK mm-hmm. and um, unbeknownst to me, the, the people on the other side got the time wrong. Um, and, and I went back and checked. I'm not, I'm not throwing them under the bus. I, I, they legitimately had the time wrong. I, I had, you know, it was, they had it for like the wrong day. It wasn't even like the wrong hour. It was yeah. the, wrong, the wrong day. <laughs> and I was just waking up, you know, the UK is whatever it's depending on time of year. It's like six hours ahead right. of us. And um, my computer's ringing and it's, it's Skype. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. What is that? And then I put two and two together and realized that, Oh no, they think that we're doing this right now. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I I was just rolling out of bed and I'm like, okay, well, fortunately it's Skype. So I just kind of, you know, brushed my hair down a little bit, sat, sat in front of the computer, clicked it on to see what, what was going on. And there was a big library full of, you know, UK (laughs) kids and their little, you know, their ties and their, their jackets all ready to go. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Skype things for me are, you know, obviously it's so much better to do things in person, you yeah, because there's not that sort of delay or, right. or, you know, feedback or whatever. But the Skype things can, it's a nice way to kind of get out there and communicate with people, that, with kids that maybe you wouldn't get a chance to communicate with before. I, I did the thing, it was actually just for a school in Southern Illinois. And, um, I'm in Chicago, so it wasn't like the UK or anything. But um, uh, the teacher who organized it sent me a picture of the room where I was being projected. And usually I'm just on a computer screen or something. But they had me. They had some get up where like, I was like the size of a movie screen. And <laughs> In high definition. He, yeah, he sent me this picture of myself, you know, 60 feet wide and i was like oh my god my you know bald shiny head that big <laughs> you know and i think it was you know it was like 8 30 in the morning you know for the right. kids i'm like i probably scared the bejesus out of those kids you know what i mean like ah, here i am oh you know it looked like i weighed six thousand pounds you know it was this huge thing 
it's uh, I'm sure you looked fine, but I know what you mean. It's it's tough sometimes. It's tough sometimes seeing yourself up on those big screens. Right. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. The thing, the thing I'm discovering is that uh, I I don't like my voice very much when I hear it recorded. Oh, so really? yeah. Well, so you might as well start a podcast so you have to hear it all the time and yeah, listen right. to it over and over again, right? Yeah. What, I, you have like a really good voice. Oh, like, I, mine's mine's all scratchy and gross. You know? No, no, not at all. I th- I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think I don't think anybody likes their voice when you hear it played back yeah. to you. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't really particularly care for my speaking voice. I certainly don't have any technical skills whatsoever <laughs> um, as far as hooking up, you know, laptops and microphones and all that sort of stuff. But right, right. Um, you know, what what better way to what better way to procrastinate, I guess, than to start a start a podcast? Right, but, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the great thing about my visits is all I need is a pencil and paper. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Yeah. I, I often walk into a school and the tech guys, you know, meets me at the door and, you know, he's like, what do you need? You know, I'm like, right. Do you have a big piece of paper? <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. Maybe a black marker. And I don't even need that, really. If you got a crayon, I'm fine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, it, it, it pays to be able to do, to be flexible like that because, it, you know, it's it's like Murphy's Law, right? You never know what's going to happen. And right. you, walk, you walk into a school and if you're I, sometimes I, I, you know, I've seen some authors who get who are very dependent on like PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And other than the fact that I don't know how to use PowerPoint, um, right. even if, even if I could, I that would be very daunting for me because I'd be terrified that, all right, if this goes, I'm going to have to wing it. So I, I sort of my presentation I can do with or without you know, technology, I, I use technology on a very minimal level for the school presentations because. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't even want to go there anyway. And that's part of, you know, I think that's part of what we're trying to get across, don't you think, is that, you know, books, physical things that you turn the physical page on. And I think it's OK to be kind of um, old school and, and basic, you know, when yeah. you're doing school presentations. Like, I don't want to throw a bunch of video at kids when I'm no. not only would I not know what kind of video to throw at them anyway? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, w- I, want, um, I want it to be about reading and drawing and listening and asking questions, not about, you know, watching something, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think that's, it, it, this, it, the, the creative process is, you know, it's really, it's, you can have all the, the technical tools in the world, right? I mean, you can have, you know, iPads and laptops and everything under the sun, but ultimately there's something about putting, uh, when I get blocked, I put sometimes just put pen to paper or pencil to paper, and it there, you know, I've I've read and I've heard some things about how there's some connection between you know the mm-hmm. mind and that so the actual tangible feel of of writing something. I, um, you know, I I write every word longhand. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've got stacks of steno notebooks. I don't put anything into the computer until I'm done writing it. You know, right. I, um, and I think there's, I think, you know. And the humor in my books is kind of long form humor. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. real slapsticky. It's not, you know, it takes a while for a joke to develop. It's, you know, it's character driven. It's irony. It's that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think because I do everything longhand, I think that helps that process. I think it helps the process of the funny. You know what I mean? It's hard to write funny. I mean, that's one of the hardest things to write. I mean, you know, we. I think we even amongst writers, um, yeah. you know, we can all learn how to write, you know, really uh, beautiful prose and descriptive, you know, good dialogue, things like that. But funny's hard. Funny is not something yeah. that you can be taught or, or, no. it, you know, you just kind of have to either get it or you don't. I think that's true. And, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, my books, my books are all about the funny. I mean, yeah, that's right, what they right. are. And, um, you know, if I'm not feeling funny, I don't even try to write. 
yeah. you know, it's it's not worth the trouble to me because I I'll I'll put words to paper, but they're no good. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So if I'm if I'm not feeling it, I don't even try it. But when I do feel it, you know, I can crank, you know, I can really get something moving. And that's um, that's part of the creative process that I've learned about in this whole journey is that, um, you know, don't force it because it won't work, you know. Yeah, I think that I, I've, you know, I found the same thing. I, you know, a lot of times I get to when I talk to kids, sometimes they'll um, ask me about writer's block. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I ever get writer's block. And of course, the answer is yes. Although pe- some people define writer's block differently than others. But yeah. what I, but what I, you know, what I tell them is, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody gets there where, where it's just not coming out on a given day or a week or whatever it might be. Um, but when you've done it long enough, you get confident and you realize that, you know what, it'll pass. Mm-hmm. And, and, and eventually those ideas and those thoughts will start flowing again. And you just have to make sure that when they start flowing, that you're there to pick them up. I describe it like a hailstorm, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like all of a sudden the ideas will start coming like hail. And I just kind of, when they come, I just run around with my little bucket and try to try to, <laughs> try to scoop them all up before they melt because I know I'm going to lose a bunch of them. No, um, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I yeah. really do. And it's, it's like what I was saying. I, I, I can't do it if it's not there to do. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And trying to fake it is, that can be just incredibly frustrating for me. So I don't fake it. Where do you um, where do you get your sort of inspiration for stick dogs antics? I mean, do you hang out with your dogs or do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, my my dog is notoriously stupid, so that works out really well because you know in <laughs> in the um, uh, in the book in the stick dog series there are five characters and four of them aren't very bright. Stick dog's the only smart one, so I get ideas from my dog Shadow uh, all the time. I tell the story to kids <clears throat> about what he does when we're riding in the car. He will. Um, It'll be my wife and I in the front seat and Jacob and Elizabeth in the back and Shadow sort of sitting in the back seat between them, but his face is up in the front seat. He's leaning forward and looking out the windshield. And whenever we go under a bridge, he ducks. (laughs) (laughs) He he thinks the bridge is going to hit him in the head. And that's a pretty good example of how smart my dog is he's he's as dumb as a box of rocks and i don't know man one of these days you might be driving along and there's like a low <laughs> overpass and you'll yeah, he'll right. be the only one who uh, makes it right. through. He's, he survives and we don't right yeah. right <laughs> maybe he's also he, maybe he's just maybe he just knows better and he, he, it hasn't his his right. uh, yeah yeah i do have kids tell me that sometimes no he's being really smart that's not dumb i'm like oh, i don't know <laughs> now, do you, now do you have a cat as well to draw on, no or? i'm i'm allergic so uh, the, the, okay. all the all the cat stuff is completely and totally fictionalized, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which has actually um, been a lot of fun to work that way. And the other thing that I've, I've found in the Stick Cat series, and, and I did on purpose, is that there are only two cats. <clears throat> there are times when I regret in the Stick Dog series starting off with five dogs because, you know, these books are only 22,000 words long or so. And it's hard to keep, um, you know, five characters busy and playing a role and, you know, in that short amount of time and everybody has some laughs and that kind of stuff. So, you know, kind of sharing the wealth that way. And in the stick cat series, I've been really, um, that's allowed me a little creative freedom to just have two characters. You know what I mean? Like I can fully develop them, you know, in the first book, you know what I mean? I have time to do that. And, um, that's been a really kind of, uh, provided some freedom in the process for me. 
So, um, so you find but I that... don't, I don't have a cat. I have no frame of reference whatsoever. <laughs> but, but so you find that in stick dog, like sometimes poo poo and mutt will get upset when they're not, uh, yeah, right. when, the, when the, yeah. they're not getting, uh, you know, center stage. For yeah. And you know, Karen and stripes have threatened to strike if they yeah. don't get more funny lines. So, <laughs> which was, you know, having a labor issue on my hand, you know, could just be a mess. So I got to make sure every, everybody gets their fair share. It's, it's tough. It's tough keeping the talent, uh, keeping the talent <laughs> yeah, right. happy. <laughs> I kind of feel like that though sometimes like oh man poor poor mutt is getting you know he's not getting the laughs again he's just showing his sensitive side well I think it's you know your case your characters take on lives of their own when they when they I mean they become they become real to us as authors right and and they kind of have their own voices that sometimes will uh, speak to you and haunt you and get on your case if they're not being uh, tended to properly right no i think i think that's true and i i actually do feel that sometimes when i'm like oh man karen's doing all the funny stuff again i gotta switch this around you know <laughs> well I, again i think i think you know for the, the stick dog books are, are a lot of fun and and um like i said your your school presentations are are are, are terrific and and i think you're uh your your joy and uh you know how much you you like being around kids is it becomes uh, very obvious within the first 30 seconds, uh, <laughs> even, even before that, really just the way that, you know, just the way that you hang out with them when they're kind of coming into the room. And, and, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, like I said, you, you, you really do, you really do a great job, Tom. And I, and I, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I couldn't have been luckier to, to head out on my first tour with you and, uh, you and Chris, I really, I remember that despite the food poisoning, I really remember that <laughs> trip very fondly. It's, it's, it's amazing how you, it's amazing how you forget like the bad stuff and like the right. good stuff sort of just kind of lingers. Um, well, we got to get the band back together. We should. You know what I mean? Yeah, we should. We, we should, should um, figure out a way to do that. That'd be a lot of fun. You're now. I know you're East Coast, right? Chris am, is New York, right? Yeah, Chris is. I think Chris is Jersey, not far from not from okay. the city. I think I'm up in New Hampshire. I'm up in New Hampshire, which is a little bit of the sticks compared to you know, but not, but not too far. I'm only about an hour out of Boston. I love New Hampshire. I've, I spent a little time in New Hampshire back in 1984 when I was working on John Glenn's presidential campaign. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I was in Berlin and Manchester. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Well, Man yeah. Man yeah, Manchester is the biggest right. quote, quote, city that we have. And then Berlin's way up there. That's sort of like, right. that's kind of like the old, uh, the old mill town that's fallen right. hard times. Uh, it's sort of, it's yeah. sort of like the, it's, it's, uh, but I think that's, it's come around as well. But yeah, that's way up, way up north. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful state. I fell in love with it. It's got a little bit of everything, so it's really it is it's a nice. So let's see, what would equidistant uh, New Jersey, New Hampshire, and Chicago like? We'd have to meet what in like Chillicothe, Ohio, or yeah, somewhere in like, Pennsylvania, yeah. maybe Pennsylvania. Yeah. Ohio or Pennsylvania, so that's a, that sounds like it would be a fit. So yeah. we'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to work on uh, we'll have to work on a on a, a reunited school visit somewhere. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun <laughs> for one of, for one of those places. Right. Well, well, Tom, I got to say it's a it, it's a it's a pleasure as always, and um, uh, thanks thanks again uh, for uh, for joining me. Sure. This is a cool idea. I really like it. I'm, I'm sure it will go places. I think it's a neat idea. And thanks for having me on. It's all it's good to look back at that time. It wasn't that long ago, but that was um. It was a lot of fun. Those things are always such a gas, and you do such a good job. Well, I appreciate it, and and, and best of luck with uh, with the upcoming uh, upcoming tour this fall. Yeah, yeah, should be fun. Uh, October fourth, I think, is the next Stick Dog book, the sixth one. So, um, I kind of made a request that I didn't want to be in the dead of winter. I've been having a lot of January releases, and I'm like, 
could we do something that's a little more temperate? <laughs> so I don't know if they listen to me or not, but it's nice to have an October release this time. Yeah, and if you have to, at least if you have to travel, maybe you're less likely to get delays and things like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, cool. good stuff. All right, Tom, thanks a lot. All right, well, we'll talk All to right. you later. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody, just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, you can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. See you next time.